All right, welcome into another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. We are live from Bucks Camp here on day two, and it's uh, unseasonably cool out there. My God, there's no sweat on this shirt. It's unbelievable. Headline of the day, Kyle Trask takes the starter snaps and look pretty damn good. So we'll get into that. Um, the Rays lose again as the ugliest July in Rays history continues, and there's no relief in sight for our Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, the United States women's team draws last night with the Netherlands. I uh, watched the most of that game. Second half was a dominant performance, but um, they had they needed a better result, but they'll be okay. And we'll get into some other college football stuff. Otani not being traded. So all you folks that thought, he's going to the Rays. Yeah. Once again, big-ass smokescreen ain't going to happen. So welcome into uh, another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here. Brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S, lawgroup.com. Get that personal attention you so richly deserve. And Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. And Italiano Insurance, Golden Diamond Source, Extravaganza Productions, and American Mortgage Services. And I will say good morning to you, Nick the Intern, in for Nick Geddes. Unfortunately, Nick is out for the funeral of his grandmother-in-law, so our condolences going out to Nick and Casey and the entire family there. Um, always a tough time, but uh, he'll be back with us tomorrow, and we'll be live from the USF uh, football uh, golf tournament tomorrow. Hopefully have Alex Golishan tomorrow. And good morning, Nick the intern. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Glad to be here. Nick one couldn't be in, so they brought in Nick two. That's right. You're the backup bringing in the uh, – are you lefty or righty? I'm righty. You're righty. Okay, you're righty. Um, all right, so he's running the show today, so that's better than me. Not as good as the other Nick, but we'll, uh, we're going to get through it. We'll have a good time today. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, jump right into it. Um, day two out here. and uh, Seriously, I, I'm, I'm rolling in – on I-4 today, and uh, boy, there were some nice hot air balloons. Nothing gets your day going like a, like a couple of nice hot air balloons. It just it lifts your heart. I don't know why, but it's a, but it's a, it's a hot air balloon. It makes you smile, right? Yeah, they're cool so to look I at. Dra- and I look down, and there's no traffic on I-4. I got hot air balloons, and it's 79 degrees. 79 degrees. I'm like, what the F? What, what parallel dimension am I living in? And out here today, probably low 80s, overcast. So um, the guys are definitely getting a break from the heat, which is good. allows a little bit more focus. And as I mentioned, uh, I would have to say the, the headline today is Kyle Trask. And, and you got to know, I, I leave practice about a half hour early. So they had just started doing some teamwork. Uh, they had run about maybe 15, 20 plays. And Trask took the first snaps. He also um, went out there with the first team for the walkthrough portion, which was right before that. So, and this is what we're going to get. We're going to get Trask, Mayfield. You know, they'll go back and forth. Yesterday it was Mayfield. Today it was Trask. Um, by the way, both are speaking with the media today. So I wonder who's going to go first. Hmm. We shall see. That should be interesting. <laughs> it should be interesting. And I think um, generally from yesterday and today. Uh, the, the main feeling here of the media is, you know, Kyle Trask is in this thing. I think we were all saying it's Baker Mayfield, it's Baker, and I still think it's 80-20 Baker Mayfield. That's what I'm going to put it at right now. But Trask, he looks good, and he looks different. He carries himself differently. He, um, he, he He's lighter. Uh, there were a couple drills today where they've, they've got these quarterbacks on the run in all of their drills, and he just really – he you know, I think Baker's one of the best in the league at throwing off platform and throwing on the run. 
But, you know, Kyle does not look unnatural at all in doing that. He does not look unnatural. In fact, he looks very comfortable throwing on the run. And he's got some sauce on it. I mean, he's, his arm strength is noticeably better this year. And maybe that's mechanics. Maybe that's just better physical conditioning. Um, but he, he looks great. And yesterday I thought he threw the best ball of the day, which was a deep end to Godwin between two or three defenders. Today he, did, he made another throw just like that to uh, David Moore. And, you know, it with, I mean, some zip on it. We're talking you know, 20, 20 yards down the middle of the field, probably 25 yards in the air. And it was, um, like I said, it, it was well-placed. It was one ball to Chris Godwin that he threw on a wide receiver screen. There was a little bit of traffic, but I didn't like the placement of it. You can't miss that pass, man. You just can't miss on a wide receiver screen. It's got to be, you know, it, it can't be here. It's got to be here. And if it's here, it gets into traffic. If it's here, you, you have a completion and a five, six-yard game at minimum. So that's, you know, that's, it's a detail. But, you know, those, those are passes that Tom Brady 2020 and 2021 didn't miss. Those are gimmies. You got to have them. Um, he made a couple of other really good throws. So I, I think in general, you know, Trask acquitted himself very, very well with the first team offense. Um, and I, I think he's, you know, and I know a lot of people are just like, look, Baker's got the experience. Todd Bowles has got to win games. I get all that. Um, but I'm here to tell you, Kyle Trask is in this thing. No question about it. He's got, so yeah, he's got, you're saying there's a chance basically. I'm saying there's a chance, no question about it. A um, couple other observations uh, that I that I saw um, as I get to my notes here because my brain can't remember that far back. It's been like an hour. It's too early um, in the morning. Oh, uh, this was this was fun. Um, Ryan Neal, uh, the safety they brought in. First of all, he is he just looks different. He doesn't look like a safety. He's six three. He's kind of he's really thin. Got the dreads working. Um, runs really, really well. I mean, he's just very fluid and quick. He kind of got on the uh, – Rashad White took a little a flat pass, great throw by Trask, right in the right spots where he could, he could catch it in stride and go. And Mike Evans gave him a nice block on the sideline. It's kind of a mini, uh, mini flat pass screen, and he, he broke it outside and started to hit that next gear, and so did uh, Neil. And, you know, they were going together, and, and Rashad made a little move now. You know, you're not obviously allowed to tackle him to the ground. Right. And if it's it, from my eyes, Rashad had it beat. He was take, he was he was moving inside and he was going going 80 for the score. And uh, you know, they so they started chirping at each other. It was kind of a, a nice light moment. But you know, I, I I and the other thing about Rashad White and when you see him in you know what we call underwear football here, his legs are freaking like. I don't want to go Earl Campbell, but um, it is noticeable. He has got uh, a lower frame that is powerful, and he and he's such a glider. He is such a glider. He did um, spoke to the media yesterday and really did a fantastic job. He's a super confident guy. Great story. Uh, you know, comes from a, a, a difficult as a difficult road to the NFL. Um, I just I love his I love his backstory. I love his ability. I love what I saw last year, even if, even though it was limited. And I think he is – and it's something for a, – a running back needs to be confident. He needs to be confident knowing what he's doing, uh, where the holes are going to be, how he fits through them. I think last year he did a nice job, and in his only start, you know, had 100 yards against Seattle, not his only start, but 
Um, the the one the only game where he got more than twenty carries, he got one hundred and five yards, think one thirty from scrimmage. Um, I, I just think he's going to have a big year. There's nothing about him that I don't like, uh, and he he shows out here. And and this is the great great thing about being out of training camp. Even when you're watching on video, I just don't think you get the sense of the size and the speed and who the difference makers are. There's just certain guys out there, out here, the great ones that move differently than the other guys. The other guys are, you know, everybody's a tremendous athlete here in the NFL. They just, you are. But you can see the great ones. You can see the great ones, the running backs, the way they glide. I'm not saying Rashad White is a great one yet. But some of the guys that just move differently. Um, you know, Jamel Dean moves differently. Carlton Davis moves differently. Uh, Devin White moves differently. They're, 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 just, they're just different. And Mike Evans, even though he's a taller guy, they're just difference makers. Kalijah Kansi, when you watch him on the interior, his get-off is different. You know, uh, Tristan Wirfs, he's a humongous human being, but he, he is so light on his feet. And you can, Vita Vea is the same way. And you can only really tell, at least for me, my experience, when you're live and watching these guys. That's why I like to go watch the young guys and see how they move. Yaya Diaby is a, is a big guy who, who is very, very fluid. I was watching Cody Mock, the second rounder, uh, right guard. He's a, he's a good athlete. He's got really good feet for an offensive lineman. He's a little smallish to me. I don't think he's got the NFL, you know, he doesn't have that ass yet, that man strength, that man size. So I'm a little concerned about that. Um, Gedeke, I watched him again today. He just strikes me as a guy. He doesn't move differently. He's not, I don't think he's light on his feet. I just think he's, he's kind of a brawler. And those guys can work at right tackle. Um, I, I'm, my, my, I'm still very out on that. I think there needs to be more competition at that position and, and right guard. So that, and those are just some of the, the basic observations when I watch guys. Shaq Barrett. I got a nice clip of Shaq Barrett today, and he is full full bore. He is not – I mean, you come off an Achilles injury. I think it's only natural, especially early in training camp, to be a little cautious in the way you move. He's not. He's getting after it. And, you know, I, I, that's to me – you know he can play. You know he can play. You know he knows how to rush. Um, I think this defensive line is younger, faster. I don't know if they're better. Um, but they're younger and faster. They're going to grow into it a little bit. But um, I like the, I like like what I saw there. What else did we see here today? Um, well, you mentioned Devin White was obviously at practice. That was the big thing. How has he been looking overall? He looks engaged. He looks engaged. He looks like he's having fun out there. Um, uh, it's hard to tell on the interior guys because they're not in pads. Right. But, um, you know, for me, what, what's important for Devin is that he's out there and he's engaged and he's, he's, you know, he's working with his teammates. And, you know, that defense, when you look at it, it is, it is a fast athletic defense. It really is. It, it's speed. I don't know. You know, Vita's obviously the big guy in there, and he's, he's unblockable. Yeah. Um, Literally. <laughs> he's even, even today, you know, in some of the run – some of the run game, they're just they're just not the offensive line's not moving those guys. Uh, Cansey's a disruptor. It seems like every time they try to pop one, um, there's nowhere to go. So that's either good defensive line play or bad offensive yeah. line play. And here's another. Here's maybe my biggest concern that I saw today: Ryan Jensen not dressed out. Um, look, he's your offensive line, 
we saw last year without Ryan Jensen, it's, it's they were terrible. They were terrible without yeah. him. So I want to say I won't say terrible, but they're so much better with him. There's no question. It was a huge drop off. It was a huge drop off yeah. in production without him. Yeah, and and so I, I don't know what's going on with him. And now you know to to recap, you know he tore ACL, MCL, maybe PCL. I think he had three torn ligaments last year. Did not have surgery, did everything through stem cells, and we gave you the early, um, we broke that story way back when. Um, and then he came back for the playoff game. Um, I, I don't think he was, I don't think he played great, um, but he was he was good enough for that situation. It certainly wasn't why, why the Buccaneers lost that football game. Uh, but, I'm, you know, don't this is me. now a year post-injury. And, you know, with an ACL, he should, you know, I, I, but I don't know his particular situation. It's just they could be just being very cautious because, honestly, there's really no reason for him to be practicing right now other than to get into shape. He knows the play. Well, it is a new playbook, so there is that. Um, so, But he knows how to play in the NFL, and he knows the mental part of it. He's taken the mental reps, so I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I think they just may, may be being overly cautious or there's an issue that they're not talking about. So I, it, I, would much, I would feel much more comfortable if Ryan Jensen were out here uh, playing, but he's not. Um, so I don't know if he's going to speak to the media or if Todd Bowles will address that, but we'll get that information to you when, when we can. Um, other plays today, uh, Devin Tompkins, you know, once again, making a couple of flash plays, 83 every day. You know, I talk about guys that move differently. <laughs> that dude moves differently. He's just faster than everybody else out here. Uh, watching Trey Palmer, number 10. Uh, he is the six-round pick out of Nebraska, 4-3-3 guy, um, your speed guy. He's kind of a long strider, so he's not. he doesn't look as fast as Devin because Devin's so much smaller. But you can see when he gets going, he gets going, and he, get, he can get by you in, in a hurry. He didn't, he didn't have any deep balls to him, but um, I'm, I'm very interested. He's a big kid. He's bigger than I thought he was. He's a legit Looks like a legit 205, 210, 661. So that's if you can if you can run a 43 at, at that size, and you can catch the ball, you're going to play in this league. So I'm very interested in watching him. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, that's those were most of my uh, my observations from uh, from day two. Baker Mayfield looked good um, through a couple of nice out balls. Um, uh, threw the ball to Devin Tompkins really well. I, I don't. I just. I don't have any issues with Baker. He looks. He looks really, really good out here. He looks very comfortable. Uh, this was just Trask's day, and I think um, you know from what I saw. And there's probably another half hour of team drills that they were going through. So, you know that that certainly that that could change. Um, uh, Scott Reynolds is going to join us by the way at 11 o'clock from Pewter Report, and he he will have watched all the teams. So we'll get an update from him on that. Also today, we have uh, Samer Ali from the Loose Cannons podcast. Always very entertaining to have him on the show, so he'll join us at 10.30. And then Mike DeCourcy uh, is going to join us, um, a noted NFL writer, is doing a piece on all the Mount Rushmores for the NFL. And he uh, is doing one, obviously, for Tampa Bay, so he wants to get some input from the fans, so and I know he's put some stuff out on Twitter, so we'll get his thoughts on who the Mount Rushmore could be. I'm, it's it's a tough one for me because I, I have personal feelings. Right. And we'll get into this a little bit, but you know, 
I think, obviously, Leroy Selman has got to be on there. He's just got to be on there. He's a first Hall of Famer, first pick, um, first. incredible human being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know how you – even though I never really saw him play in person, he's got to be on there. Yeah, his legend still, like, you know, is around here is around the area and like if you talk to like anyone who played with him or against him from that time they swear by him yeah and yeah yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's on my list too him and him, him and brooks are like the obvious ones yeah i think those are those are without question now the other two oh, i got i gotta put ronde on there and i know i'm biased but it's my freaking mount rush more so i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> he's gotta be on mine um and fourth you can make arguments for a bunch of people. You can make an argument for Warren Sapp, John Lynch, maybe Mike Evans, maybe, maybe Mike Allscott. I I'm gonna I'm not you know look you can you can argue with Warren Sapp. He was a fantastic player, one of the greatest defensive tackles to ever do it. But um, you know I have other standards for my Mount my Mount Rushmore. He ain't gonna be on it. Um, I got that. I would say. Um, yeah, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. You know, John Lynch, just because of his granite chin, it would you know <laughs> would, it would work well with a mountain. <laughs> um, I mean, that's those are Hall of Famers. Yeah. But I, I think I think Mike Evans makes the Hall of Fame. You I should. think he's the greatest offensive player to ever. And you got to get a little bit of balance on your mountain. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. He's my greatest offensive player. I know some people will probably argue Mike Allscott, but at this point, I feel like Mike Evans has done enough to pass him. Mike Allstott was, you know, he was so hard to quantify, and even though his numbers are super good, Mike impacted the game in a different way. He, Mike, to me, was more like your closer. And when you had, when my, in, in, in Tony Dungy's prescription of winning, right, it was to play good defense, don't allow a lot of points, bend, but don't break, don't let them score in the, in the red zone. Um, you know, and, and then pound you with the run game, so you fatigue the other team. And then when you got a you know a seventeen to seven lead in the fourth quarter, Mike's your closer. Right. You just start hammering him. The defense is tired. They don't want to. They don't want to tackle that guy. You know, Rondé once told me about Mike that he he'd never seen a guy that big get his pads so low. Mike could run like he could. He could just. He had this this body lean where he was. You know, he was six one. 225 pounds, uh, almost 230. And he ran probably at legit 4.5. Very athletic. But he could get so low with his pad level. And he wore these huge freaking shoulder pads. So there was like, he's like, you know, normally I would, you know, I, I have bigger, bigger backs around. I say, you know, I just get up under him, hit him, you know, take out the inside knee, you know, get him on the hip, and you can get under him. And that's, you know, you're not going to take him on up high. He'll just run you over. He goes, but you can't, even Rondé at 5. Nine five ten could not get under his pads, and so it's like, how do you freaking tackle this guy? And you know, and you got defensive backs just making business decisions. They want no part of it because yeah. you know he's a, he's an ACL waiting to happen. So ACL waiting to happen. Yeah, he he was you know he was special and different. But I think if you only got four spots, Mike Evans, you yeah. know, with this, it's a tough one. It really I love Mike Allstott hey, as well. You know what though, for it to be tough. Friend. That's awesome because it just shows yeah. that we've had, been lucky enough to have so many good players. I, I will, before we move on from Allscott, though, I will say if this was a list of players whose highlights are the most fun to go back and watch, he's my number one. Just like that whole tape of him, like 
trucking grown men over. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, some of the great that that touchdown run against the uh, Redskins in the playoffs. Oh my greatest god, greatest yard run in history. Um, yeah. Now it's and by the way, young Nick. It's all Stott, not all Scott. It's all Stott. There's no C in there. All so, Stott. Yeah. Don't worry. Sorry, John Mike. Gruden butchered, John Gruden butchered his name as, as well, and, and he was his coach, Mark. <laughs> Mark All Stott. I love Mark All Stott. <laughs> At his opening press conference. Oh, what? Yeah. That, that was a uh, a harbinger of things to come. <laughs> No kidding. Uh, many, many believe if it wasn't for John Gruden, Mike Allstott would be in the Hall of Fame. But, I was going to uh, say, put that guy in the Hall of Fame. Like the people who argue that he shouldn't because it's the the fullback thing. That I'm like, I don't care. Like he back then, it was still more of a thing, and he produced. Like put that guy yeah, in the Hall. He's such a hybrid. You know, he was yeah. he played fullback, but he also, you know, ran the ball as a tailback at times. So he doesn't have, you know, tailback numbers. But didn't get the you know the opportunities that that you know tailbacks do. So yeah. I, I think it's I, as much as I love Mike to death. I just think it's a stretch to be in the to, for him to be in the Hall of Fame. He I just, I still think he's one of the you know I have to go back and think of the top five fullbacks in history. You know you I talk about Larry. I think I put Larry Zonka obviously at the top yeah. of the list. Um, you know it's it's just a fullback is such a different position. Than, right, and it's obviously been pretty much phased out yeah but like i just kind of like hate that like i think people like look at his like highlight or like his award accomplishments it's like certain amount of all pros certain amount of pro bowls and i think they just kind of think because like yeah nowadays like you see guys get named to the pro bowl but it's kind of just because like you kind of have to because it's a position that exists and i think people think that's how it was for him when when reality if you look at it he made an impact he was one of the most impactful players in the league at the time so no question so like I don't know. Will he get in the Hall of Fame? Will he not? I don't know. But to, for me, it's annoying when people are like, he 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 should like. It's just a straight up no. Like he doesn't have an argument. Yes, he does. I'm biased. Yeah, Put him in the Hall. Yeah. There's an argument, but I just I don't think it's going to go uh, very far. Maybe All right, one, we'll get more. We got tons more Bucks talk coming your way with uh, Sam Raleigh, uh, who won't talk about anything else but the Bucks. Maybe I'll get him to talk about the United States Women's National Team. Ooh. Yeah. No chance. Uh, <laughs> All right, um, so, and, and Scott Reynolds is going to join us at 11 o'clock to get his thoughts on the first couple of days of camp. All right, let's move on to our Rays. Um, I, I did not watch the game yesterday. I was enjoying um, some golf out of Palmasia. You were enjoying good things. I don't, know if I, I don't know if enjoying was the word as bad as I played. It was awful. Uh. I, hadn't played, I hadn't played in like two and a half weeks, and I was awful. I mean, awful. And it's not it's not fun when you play like shit. It's just not. I know. I mean, it is kind of fun. I mean, it's golf. You're not working, but um, yeah. Sometimes it, when you play that bad, badly as I played, then did I hit a couple of really good? But nobody really cares. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really watch the Rays game. I watched the highlights at home and read read everything. Um, so you don't get a feeling of the. You're not watching the whole game. You don't get this, this, the frustration of the offense as much. Just watching guys strike out, strike out, strike. But at least this time uh, with Alcantara, it was uh, you know a Cy Young pitcher that shut him down. It wasn't some schmo, right? Um, and and, and like... granted, he's not having a Cy Young year this year, but he's a great pitcher. Yes, and he he goes complete game, very efficient, and, and teams are being very efficient against the Rays right now because they're chasing. Um, no Yandy Diaz in the uh, in the lineup, and and you know that's predictable. Without Yandy in that lineup, boy, it's even worse than worse. I mean, it's bad right now, but it's it's really bad without him. And I think um, 
Brandon Lau, Franco, and um, who who was third? Um, the top three batters go one for twelve. You're not getting anything done. Um, it's just this offense needs it needs uh, a big bopper, if not a couple, and they've got to make some moves. Um, you know, it's it's getting late early, as Yogi Berra would say, and you can't. I know the Orioles lost, so that's good, but it's just ugly. Did you watch the whole game, Nick? No, I had to go to the doctors for something, so I didn't really get. But I was like keeping up, and I don't know. Just like when I started to see the score going up, I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna. I'm just. Why can't we get a win streak going? I'm sick and tired of going on losing streaks. Just give me a win streak for once. Because this team's bad. That's why it's not a good baseball I, team I know right now. That, but like, it's not a good baseball team right now. They're not. You know, early in the season. And as bad as the hitting is, early in the season, they, they were just playing such great baseball. They were stealing bases. They were smart on the base paths. Now they're dumb. Uh, now they're inattentive. Um, you know, defensively, they were buttoned up. Now they're sloppy. Uh, Pitching-wise, they just haven't been, you know, with all the injuries to the starters, they're just not what they were. Now Eflin um, hurt his knee yesterday and sliding to uh, field a bunt. Looks like he's going to be okay. Maybe he might miss one start, but he's had some knee issues previously, so that's not good. Um, you know, the Rays are in on Lance Lynn, and that's great, I guess, but his numbers have been awful this year. He's got a 6-1-9 ERA. Um, I'm not excited about getting Lance Lynn. And I know that every time the Rays trade for a guy that's been great, and Lance Lynn's been really, really good, um, and then they're not so good, they tend to fix them, but... Can we do better than Lance Lynn? You know, I, I, I just, again, this feels like David Peralta all over again. I'm you getting know, that I, sense, I, too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go get a starter, let's get a freaking starter. If we're going to go get a and, – and what bat are we getting? I mean, if, the, if we do nothing to this lineup, I mean, you might – I mean, this, this team's done. Yeah. I, 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 if, you're, if you're counting on, oh, they'll return to the first few months of historic offensive output from these yeah. guys – no. You're, you're, you're living in fantasy land. No. You're living in fantasy land. And I know this for a fact. Eric Neander knows that they need a bat, if not two. 100%. And Eric Neander is out there working the phones to get a bat, if not more. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's out there trying to get a closer as well. So if they don't make any moves, this is on Stu. This yeah. is on Stu. Yeah. This is 1,000% on Stu. And they said they were going to spend money at the deadline. Let's see it. Yeah. yeah. Talk, time for talk is over. It's prove it time. Give me somebody. Right now, I I just want more hitters because, yes, did they give up seven runs and was pitching probably the problem yesterday? Yeah, but you only score one run. Yeah, you score one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, hitting's been the problem more recently, not pitching. Yeah. Pitching has like a bad game every now and then, but if you look at it, most of the time we're only in these games is because of pitching. We need a hitter. Yeah. These guys are off. It's just no question. All right, um, and, and lastly, United States women's national team at the World Cup last night, a draw with the Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands went up 1-0, and then the United States came back with a goal in the second half and dominated the second half. Boy, it, you know, just like against Vietnam, they're creating chances. Yeah. And the Netherlands is obviously much better than Vietnam. They created so many chances last night. They just couldn't finish. My goodness, this team – is so good at when they when they woke up. I think they played a very sleepy and lethargic first half and gave up the lead. Um, and on the the Netherlands goal, there's just the the defense was asleep. I just very too much time and space, and uh, it it just leads to a goal. 
Um, but they tightened it up in the second half, and they dominated possession. They created chance after chance after chance. Alex Morgan had one called uh, called back for offsides, and when the pa- the pass was late, she was yeah. open. You know, the, that was a count late. You got to get that. You got to serve that ball. She had her her uh, man beat. So uh, they took that one off the board. That would have been the game winner. But they created God so many chances and just couldn't finish. So yeah. that'll bite them in the butt later on in the tournament, but it looks like they're probably going to go through. they got to play Portugal, and they're already up in, the, in goal differential over everybody else. So I think it's just, – Yeah, just, okay. just get the win and you'll be fine. I don't know. But, you know, that was a historic result because it snapped their 13-game World Cup winning streak. Uh, but uh, they didn't lose, though. They did not, they lose. not lose. No, I know that, but I just find it funny. My buddy, and I know he was being sarcastic when he tweeted this, but it was like all caps. He just writes – the streak is over. Everything's done. Blow it up. It's not worth it anymore. <laughs> that's yeah, that's an overreaction. On this, on I, I, he was kidding. I know he was kidding. But absolutely, I All know. Right. I know let's, someone probably felt that way. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, when we come back, Samar Ali from the Loose Cannons podcast will join us. We will uh, chat with him about all things Buccaneers in the first couple of days of camp and uh, their uh, great trip they have coming up, which we are going to promote as much as we possibly can because I want to go to Green Bay. I know you guys do too. So uh, we'll talk to Samar Ali from the Loose Cannons when we come back. Stay with us. Hey guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business well call the jeeves law group and get the personal attention that you deserve I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. 
During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 less after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay, from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. Coming back at you now. More with JP on Fan Street Sports. Only just begun. Uh, welcome in, Samra. How are you, my friend? Uh, we are good. Nice we are we're on day two of training camp. My bad. And um, I gave my observation at the beginning of the show. I know you're paying attention on Twitter or whatever, but uh, how excited are you to uh, get this uh, get this underway here in this 2023 season? I'm I've been waiting, man. I've been waiting for the Kyle Trask photos, the Baker Mayfield <laughs> photos, uh, uh, you know, all the nonsense that comes with a quarterback competition. All of it. I mean, I, I, w- I would love to smell that grass right now. Oh, it's um, nice. I'm not there. I'm not, you know, overly jealous because you are probably sweating your butt off. So I'm no, not... it's cold. It's cold out here. It's frigid. It was like frigid. low 80s today, and over it was low. I'm overstating. It was low 80s and like overcast. This is this this is like spring weather. These guys are so lucky. They're not in pads, but hey, you know, it helps them. Probably helps them work a little bit better, but. Maybe not get them in as good a shape. It's 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 unseasonably cool out here. Believe it's it. The re- it's the beginning of the redemption tour. That's yes. what I've been. Uh, maybe not the redemption tour. Maybe the chip on the shoulder tour. Something of that nature. Something like that. Because these guys, I think, have been hearing it. They are confident bunch of guys. They understand what they are, and they refuse to let the narrative be that Tom Brady did all of the work. So they're there right. to prove themselves. And I think that that's kind of been a bonding brotherhood type of uh, environment that's kind of started to cultivate with this team as far back as the first OTA meeting. So that's 
and that's just from guys I've talked to, guys that we're friends with. So it's, and I think it's evident too. You'll see it. it, it Baker fits that mold. Uh, back against the wall, all just all the storylines that come with training camp. Awesome, can't yeah. wait. Yeah, and you know the the I think the media in general we've we've kind of already decided that Baker Mayfield is going to get this job. I think maybe you've decided that as well. I'm still probably eighty twenty, but maybe I'm a little seventy five twenty five now. Watching Kyle Trask out here, it's it's different, bro. It's it's a hundred percent different than last year. Um, 200% different than the year before. He's just a different guy. He looks different. He moves different. The, the ball's got some sauce. I mean, he's he's made the two best throws of camp, in my opinion. Uh, one yesterday was a stick throw uh, down the middle between two or three defenders. Did the same throw today uh, to David Moore. Um, he, he's he's confident, and uh, he was he was the guy getting say, most of the one wait, reps. You say Dave Moore? The Bucks also brought an old tight end out of retirement and signed him to a one year. Dave, Dave Moore, 83, is back with the Bucks. Take that, Saints. Take that. Dave Moore weighs about 120 right now. So I don't think, I don't wow. think he could play anymore. He, he was one of those old school blocking and pass catching tight ends that barely got off the ground when he jumped, but he got, he had some good hands. I remember Dave. Dave was a good guy. Dave, um, Dave, Dave got every, every ounce of uh, production out of his ability. No question. I say that in the most complimentary way possible. Absolutely. And I think he would agree with that, but no, this is the, uh, the former Seattle receiver who might, might end up being our number three, because guess who is not practicing today? Russell Gage. Yeah. The other number three. Yeah. Well, there's also a case to be made for number 10, the rookie Trey Palmer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's an opportunity there. Wide receiver three spots going to be open. I'm no, I don't know if they're going to keep Russell Gage if he doesn't practice all camp and doesn't make it through preseason, or if they cut him. I don't know if there's a way to if they even save money by cutting him at this point. So I'm not sure how that all shakes out. But there's an opportunity for Trey Palmer to carve himself out a role here to be what Scotty Miller was supposed to be to be able to take back punts to be able to bring another added element of speed to this offense. And back to what you were saying about Baker and Kyle. Is it not a little bit refreshing to be able to see quarterbacks running and moving and oh. plays on the field? We're not getting the standing, you know, cement feet right in the middle of the pocket the entire time and kind of seeing some creativity with the pocket and, and, yeah. and, and just things developing behind the line of scrimmage as opposed to in front of the line of scrimmage. Well, yesterday, uh, even in the drills, though, like they weren't even doing drills like this last year because, like, what was the point? And probably didn't want Brady to embarrass himself. Uh, They were doing a drill. I put this one up on Twitter where they they put a long um, pad down, probably about 10 yards long, and they just got to move their feet on either side of them and then throw the football. All these different agility drills. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't see that one last year. That's a new one Uh, All in all of those. And almost every play – that I saw in team yesterday and team today, 80% of the plays, the quarterback's on the move. I mean, he's got a stre- doing stretch for the handoffs, bootlegs, waggles. Um, you know, yesterday, the first play of training camp, Baker Mayfield, boot, uh, backside tight end. I'm not giving away any secrets here. This is a play that we see all over the NFL. But the quarterback is on the move, and it's it's refreshing to see. No question yeah, I think. About. I think the one of the offensive assistant coaches was also rushing him off the blind side right as he turned around on that, maybe that yeah. drill, to, to kind of have him step back and at least at his feet, throw it, don't you know, hold on too long. But um, I didn't watch Kyle Trask in college. I'm a Florida State guy. I saw him once. I'm so I'm not really, not really a, a, you know, 
an aficionado of his, but I have to ask, did he look natural in terms of the running ability, athleticism, stuff like that? Because we've seen that from Baker. I know that Baker can run, can play ball. Did Kyle Trask look athletic yesterday in those drills that he was running, or did it look kind of forced? No, listen, I, I said that in the open here today, that it doesn't look forced at all. He looks as natural throwing on the run as Baker does, and Baker's really good at it. I, I mean, it's I, I watched Trask in, in college probably a little bit more than you did, and you know he was his comp was Big Ben. He it, you know even Big Ben was never flu, a fluid mover, right? He was kind of a you know a reckless, but he got the job done. He moved and he got outside of the pocket, but he was ne- I would never call him a fluid athlete, right? Kyle looks much more fluid than Big Ben did, um, and he just looks like a totally different player. He's super slim. I mean, he used to be he used to look thick. Now he yeah. looks slim. Um, and when and he's you know so much of moving on the run and throwing the football when you get down to a fundamental the fact of at least when I, I was taught to play quarterbacks is about you know getting your shoulders square to the line of scrimmage it's it's that's the athletic part of it when, especially when you're moving to your left if you're a right hander and even when you're coming you got to get your, your your shoulders square and that takes a while you're running it, that takes a lot of athleticism to do that clearly why I didn't improve my career and and that is totally natural for a Kyle Trask. So I'm, I'm a little surprised by it. The, th- the thing with Big Ben that I think is a little bit different, though, is that Big Ben was like a Hummer trying to run, you know, <laughs> on the drift course. He was going to just – he was going to eventually kind of benefit from the fact that you couldn't tackle him with one or two right. guys usually. He had tree trunk legs, and he was just a big motherfucker. Big – there – ooh, caught that one. That you was just going to – Okay, he was, he was just a big MF, all right? He was going to go through you. And so I think – that you know, the comparison may be more of the height, but I will say, um, back to the whole getting your shoulders squared. If you watch the Netflix special, uh, quarterback, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. So, and one of the things they talked about with with Pat Mahomes is that he's got this ridiculously fluid and flexible spine, apparently. Yeah. Which I didn't even know you could train. Like, oh, they're training their spines. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, you don't touch that part. You're supposed. What, what? I guess whatever. So that's good to hear that he's able to kind of like you know be able to square up and move his body around like that. The other thing, too, I want to see in an actual preseason game is how does he compute all of the stuff happening down the field while running? Because now you're doing two things at once, three things at once. You don't want to get destroyed. And you've got to also make all the necessary adjustments and reads. But that's kind of what Canales brings to the table is that you don't have to read all that much because he's going to create simple, you know, openings and schemes that are going to help the quarterback make a decision and not force anything, which fits very well with Baker. And apparently it fits really well with Kyle Trask. So this is going to be fun, but I'm just curious how they're going to break it all. Like I asked the last night on the loose cannons, um, we had a guest Tyler Dunn uh, of go long. Oh yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome guy, by the way. So, so good at what he does and so insightful. He uses a lot of big words, so big brain. Um, but I was curious, <laughs> how'd you how- three handle that by the way? Well, we had two he's, of us, and then all the syllabic words. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, we we dropped. I think half of our viewers once the guys dropped some massive, like four let four four syllable word, like in the first <laughs> sentence on. I was like, ah, oh, dude, you can't do that, Tyler. So um, I was gonna say it's very interesting how they're gonna break up the reps in the preseason games because you only have two technically that matter, right? And you don't want to linger on until week three of the preseason right. to figure out who your starter is. So is one guy going to start one game, one guy's going to start next game, and they get one game auditions? Is that what's going to happen? Because you can't bring them in, you know, later on in the in the game because your other guys are going to sit. So it's going to be interesting how they all kind of figure that all out. But it's definitely the top of the list on the storylines, right? I would think 
I would think you'd want both both quarterbacks to play with the ones in both games. Um, you know, typically the ones will play a quarter, quarter and a half in the first one, then go at least maybe a little bit um, into the second half in the second one because you know it's all changed now with three, right? So you got to move everything up. Um, so I would think that they're both going to get reps against both teams. I, I think they're going to try to see that, and, and of course one will start one, one will start the other. Um, so I, I think it's. I just think the headline here today in the first two days is this is an open competition. And as I said yesterday, it's going to make both guys better. It's going to make both guys better because if some one guy is given the job, it's human nature, man. You just kind of set, you know, a sigh of relief. You know, you're going to get ready, but if you've got a guy chasing you, you're 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 going to be at full speed all the time. And I think that's good for either whoever wins the job. I think something very similar happened. You know, we could talk as much garbage as we want about Trent Dilfer. But there was a moment in time where they said, all right, we have to bring somebody in that maybe pushes him a little bit. And I think it was Eric Zier, and they also had Sean King possibly on the same team. I, I might be off. But I know Eric Zier came in. It was supposed to be some sort of quarterback competition that year. And yeah. apparently it made Trent a little bit better. He kind of pushed pushed his gas pedal a little bit harder. But I will say about this, like, there's no bad thing that can come of having an open competition for the Bucks this year. Because if they really had just an inkling of belief in Kyle Trask, in my mind, they probably don't sign a Baker Mayfield. But there's also the other side of the coin of let's sign somebody to get him to get even more out of Kyle. Will yeah. Kyle rise to the occasion? Will Kyle be like, all right, I have to be competitive. Will he be, you know, is he going to be like a Jameis Winston kind of competitor? Or is he going to be like Marcus Mariota, where he kind of sits back a little bit, not as vocal, and not right. necessarily this like alpha in the locker room? Because Baker is 1000% that, right? So you see what you can bring out of each other. But I think there's just no bad – I don't see it going badly unless both of them absolutely suck and it just, it's just a train wreck. But I just I, – I don't have – I have the feeling that Canales is a massive part of this that's going to prevent any sort of you know train derailing by either of these guys. But it's going to be fun to watch. I tell you what, I, I love watching Canales coach. He's, uh, he's, he's all business – yeah, and then uh, the Gilbert, the offensive line coach, you know, talk about dropping f bombs. Every other word is an f bomb. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I love offensive line coaches like that. They're fantastic, and the players just like are really, really engaged with it. It's kind of funny to watch. Uh, but Canales is, you know, he's never called a play, and we're all in love with the dude, right? He, we're all we're infatuated with him because. He's just uh, number one. Hey, he's a good-looking man. As I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I'm, I'm safe enough in my manhood to say that. Uh, and we've, his, yeah, we've re, we've replaced the beautiful Blaine Gabbert with a beautiful Dave Cajones. I mean, <laughs> dude's a stud, and he's got the attitude. Like he demands the spotlight when he walks into that interview room. You know that. I mean, anyone probably. But he's not. He's like he's so mild-mannered. But what he when he talks, you like yeah. That's really smart. And I think he's got the already has the respect of the players. I think the the players really enjoy what he's doing his knowledge level. But again, he ain't called a single play yet. You know, after game 1 we'll all be like this guy's a fraud, man. He's a fraud. <laughs> he's never done it. So we'll see. You know, I'm not going to a little bit of It takes yeah. a little bit of time. I mean, I remember we had a Mike Shula that we ran out of town after 3 4 5 weeks. After the 97 season, I was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. Then all of a sudden it went downhill. I was like, all right, get rid of this guy. Fast forward, what, 10 years, and Mike Shula's like the best offensive coordinator in college football for an Alabama team that can't lose a game, right? right. It's completely different. 
So things like that happen. But I will say that from Dave Canales, I get a very good vibe of a very young Pat Carroll. Like he's got that same charisma. You could tell that he's learned and take notes from how to like, you know, Mm -hmm. be one of the guys with the players where it's your player's coach, but you're also still demanding things like you would as a father or mentor. So there's a lot of that. And you can tell that these guys want to run through a wall for him. And, you know, he's a smart dude. How will he have, you know, will he start the season off where he's got one, two, three really good games. And then when the, NFL starts to figure you out. How does he adjust to that? Adjust, like there's yeah. steps to this. And, you know, that's what made Sean Payton so good. That's what makes the guy in San Francisco so good. That's what makes uh, uh, McVay so good. Like all these guys have the ability to adjust and, and layer all their things. And that's kind of what we've been missing here is a layered playbook, layered yes. play, offensive play yes. caller. Things that kind of, you know, you're running this play now because in the third quarter, you know that they're going to see it and you have a wrinkle. All these right. wrinkles. That's stuff that's missing, but I think he understands that. You can tell he understands that when he talks about it. Now, going out there, executing, that's part of his deal too now. So there's, again, a lot of moving parts that um, I'm excited about. But you mentioned assistant coach, JP. How does the new outside linebacker slash D-line, how does that guy look? Because that guy has been the dude I've been most excited to see coach-wise because he comes over from Dallas where they were turning out. Anybody who signs up as an outside linebacker, there's getting sacks. You have a JTS here. You have Shaq coming in back off that injury. How's that coaching looking right now and, and kind of the energy he's getting out of these guys? Does it look any different than what we've seen in the last couple of years? I, you know, the problem is the linebackers are working out on the other Far. side of the field. I can't hear them. I can't see them. Um, I, was, I, I was just watching Shaq, though, today in his mobility. And I'll tell you one thing. He is not holding back. He is making hard cuts. You know, there was one, there's one drill where they move, they move them in coverage You know, when they because they'll, they'll drop these guys often. And so it moves him right, moves him left. He looked really, really fluid, and they threw him the ball. Coach threw him a ball, and it was behind him. And I was like, ooh, don't do that. You know, he had to kind of contort his body to go get the ball. But he made the catch, and he just did it very in a very fluid way without any hesitation, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, cringing, like, oh, God, don't, don't do that to him. He's just – he's – I think he's put it behind him. And he just – he looks like he's letting it rip. And we need him. Man, we need him to put up double-digit sacks because uh, I, I don't, I don't have any confidence in any of the other outside rushers. Do you? So, I mean, that that's why I'm excited to see this coach come in from Dallas because he's turned so many guys that we didn't know about into these, you know, Pro Bowl type guys, all Pro type defensive ends slash outside linebackers, edge guys. And I think JTS has all the tools. Honestly, I think he and he's been right there. He should have had ten sacks the last two seasons each. Yep. Each. But he hasn't wrapped. He hasn't finished it. So I think a change of scenery from a coaching perspective, in terms of JTS, uh, even um, Logan Hall inside, which is a little bit less of what you know they'd be working with. But I think JTS and Shaq are going to benefit from this new coaching, and I really do think that this might be what JTS. If he doesn't do it now with this guy, I think then you can basically say, okay, we've gotten the most out of what we're going to get from him. But I don't have that feeling. I really think that he's just been right there and. Change of scenery, change of voice, something like that could really, really help a guy like that. And if JTS has an amazing year, eight, nine, ten sacks, holy crap. Because then you've got Vita Vea. You've got Cansey coming in who looks Cansey like he's going to eat your good. offensive lineman. Then you've got Yaya Diaby who just looks like a freaking alien. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a UFO press conferences yesterday. Uh, hey, Yaya's been here. Right there. Yaya's been here, okay? <laughs> he is a freaking alien. 
right? So we've got all these movies, and they're younger. That's what's so great. They're younger. You got Will Golson, who's a coach on the field and the sidelines. Like, I'm excited about that. And I do think that Shaq Barrett, listen, he was on our show a couple months ago, uh, like a, a few days before, tragic passing of his daughter, rest in peace. And he told us he was running. He was already ahead of schedule. He told us, I am going to be ready when it's time to go. And he's been ready. He's not going to hold back. And he's on a mission, not only for his daughter, but to prove those people wrong that have said, you, you know, that's a massive injury. You don't come back from that. And he's friends with Chubb, um, who went through the very similar uh, – yeah, not Chubb, sorry. Yeah. Not Chubb. Um, he plays for the Bills now. He played for the Broncos, and he played for the Rams. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, what is his name? He owns Von a chicken Miller. farm. Von Miller. Von Miller. Okay. Yeah. Von Von Miller. went through a similar injury, so they kind of talked through it. Yeah. He's a big Kobe Bryant fan who obviously went through the – the, the, the Achilles injury. He's got the Mamba mentality. So all those things, I'm like, you know what? I love this guy. I love this story. This is going to be awesome. And then seeing him out there like you're talking about, I was like. And, and I, I, will, I do know this about covering guys that have had Achilles injuries, and I've talked to doctors about this. The severity of the injury is huge. You know, if you, you know, there's so many of those fibers in there. And if you, if it's a 10% tear, you know, you're going to recover so much better than if it's in 70, 80, 90% tear. So I don't. I don't remember the reporting on his. I've never asked him. So if you know, that's a big deal. And he, he just looks—he looks like the old Shaq. So, except I will say this: um, it was a third and three today in team drill, and uh, Trask went back, kind of rolled to his right, and they, you know, he and Shaq—it seemed like it was on the other side of the field because I couldn't see it, but it didn't seem like Shaq had an angle there about even. Trask outran him to the corner. And I'm not saying Shaq was slow. Trask was moving. He was scooting. Scooting across the ground. He's got got a long stride. He's got some long legs. He's mostly, I think he's mostly thigh and calf from the time I met him. But (laughs) I will say there's still a couple of, there's still some hurdles for Shaq. We still got to see him get down and and push off that leg because I believe it's the ankle or the foot that he pushes off of usually. Get off, his get off leg. So that's a massive part of it. Like that's. That's a big deal in basketball players. If you tear the Achilles on the foot that you usually jump off of on your layups, that's what takes a little bit more time to jump up. I mean, I, I've torn every ligament in my left ankle before, except the Achilles. And I remember first time I get back in the court, I go up, nothing happened. Like There's I had a flat there. tire. I had a flat. There. I didn't even get off the ground. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I have a well, flat tire. Welcome my world. So it takes yeah. some time. You got to get the bands going and everything. But yeah. I think I think. Shaq's got the right guys around him, and I think he's got the right mentality. And they're not going to rush him, but that'll be another thing that I want to see is how he starts to get off. Because if you remember that Carolina Panthers game, um, his first year here where he had three sacks, he was dancing wow. all over uh, Cam George, uh, Cam Newton. I mean, so his, his get-off was obvious. that It was just yeah. faster than anybody against him. How is that going to look now? Is it the same? Is it going to be slightly – like, that's kind of a big deal, and that's huge for an outside linebacker, yeah. your get-off. And being able to bend and all that stuff's all Achilles based. I hope I, I don't think it'll be much different. I really don't. I think he's going to be right there. And it, you know, pass rush is all about it's a team rush, right? You got to get a lot of different things. That's why I think Cansey's going to so affect this pass rush in a positive way, even though he's not an outside guy. And Devin White and and Bowles knows how to dial it up. You got two corners that can cover. Go get them. Go, especially all these young quarterbacks we're going to play. Get after yeah. their ass. Get after and, and their ass and go. And the key thing with a lot of these guys, JTS, Vita, Kansi, Yaya, and Shaq, they're all very good at playing games. They were very good at stunts. And, and a lot of JTS's pressure has come off of, you know, looping around behind Vita. And now you got Vita and Kansi that can clear out. And, like, who are you going to double team at that point? Yeah, the guy yeah. who's going to eat your guy alive or a guy who's just going to fall on top of two of them. Like, it's, it's very difficult. 
And then you've got guys like Shaq and JTS are really going to feast off of that. And Yaya. And you're going to see a lot of, I think, more spread out sack numbers. As you know, That's funny. More spread out sack numbers <laughs> than usual um, for, for most teams because you're going to have so much of the gamesmanship and, and all the stunts and all the exotic things that I, I don't think Todd Bowles has had a talented group across the line like this before. No, and, not, and younger and younger and faster. All right, two quick questions for you before we get you out of here. Uh, Mike DeCourcy's coming up. He wrote a, uh, a great piece on the Mount Rushmore's of all the different teams. What's your Bucks Mount Rushmore? Who you got? Uh, Who's your four? It's Leroy Selman, Derek Brooks, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Evans. All right, and me too. Warren Sapp. I got Rondé instead of Warren Sapp. So right. it's it's close for me. I'm a huge Rondé guy, but Warren Sapp, if I strictly look at it on the field, unstoppable for a defensive lineman, for inside guy. I, can't do that. I, can't I do get it. that's fine. You covered him a little bit different than I did, but if I'm <laughs> spit, looking at him on the field, he spat dude, at me for five years. He spat at me with his tobacco. But, so but he was he was unstoppable. He was I, like it's a defensive tackle guy. taking over games. Nick, I, you're young, but dude, it's not normal. What Aaron Donald is doing is because of Sapp. And yeah. he did it in, a, in an era where they ran the ball way more. Yeah. And he passed the ball 35. You pass the ball 30 times, you're like, oh, crap, you must have been behind by 20 that game. Hmm. No. And his lead, Sapp you know, was dominant. His, his leadership, um, you know, his his vibe, his energy, his accountability drove that defense. Uh, I yeah. ain't going to lie. But if I have to make a choice, it's my man Rondé. Um, all right, and the Green Bay trip. Tell everybody about it. Tell how they can get involved. Um, we, I got to I, I got to get with you and solidify this so we can get get start uh, promoting it more. It's 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 real simple. What we do is we put together these packages every year where we take you on the road to a Bucks away game, and we take care of everything but the flight because it's impossible to figure all that out with all the people yes. coming from different places, right? But we put you in a four- or five-star hotel. This year, we're in Appleton. We're at the same hotel that the team is staying at. Like I told you last time, JP, you could get stuck in an elevator with Vita Vea. They might have to call the authorities. Is it the Appleton Inn? It is not. And I'm I'm not going to tell you what it is because I keep it close to the vest so it is exclusive experience for my travelers. All right. Um, They find out behind closed doors where the hotel is. But anyway, we take care of the the four- or five-star hotel. Then we also take care of a Saturday night VIP party where we have surprise guests. Last year we had Warren Sapp, Jason Light, John Spytek. We're partying with these guys, sharing wings, beers, stories. <laughs> Unbelievable. A private event. Awesome. We rent out the nice. entire venue. And then we also take care of a free stadium tour for our three-night travelers on that same morning. So we're going to be taking nice. people on a 90-minute Lambo tour on the frozen tundra. You'll be able to put your feet on that that's soil so cool. that's been in so many NFL films. It's going to be awesome. Where so Brett Favre cool. was sacked by Warren Sapp. And then, of course, Three we take care of a tailgate, all-you-can-eat, all-included, all-you-can-drink, right across the street from the stadium. And then we take you into the stadium where you're going to enjoy lower bowl seats with the entire group. Your group Damn. stays together, of course. All-included. I mean, it, it, this is unprecedented. If you don't want to figure out your entire trip, we got three nights Ready for you, right there, ready to go. Loosecannonstravel.com or BucksAwayGames.com. Check it out. It's as little as like $595 a person if you're in a group of four. That's, That's ridiculous. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That includes everything I just said. And you can't go to course, dinner for that anymore, man. It's crazy. I mean, I, I don't have a steak unless it costs me at least $200, right, JP? <laughs> That's, That's you, just you're me. A, you're a high roller. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. All right, Sammer. Great stuff, my man. Loose Cannons. Do not miss any episodes of their. Uh, they're a great podcast. When tell, tell everybody how they can get it and when it is and all that good stuff. All right, so we're in full season mode now, so we're going to go back to two to three episodes a week. 
It's really easy. YouTube.com forward slash at Loose Cannons Podcast. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button, please. You are not going to love us at first, or you are going to love us at first. There's no medium ground. <laughs> That's just how taste. it works. We it's talk like an food. IPA. We talk Bucks football. We talk nonsense. We have guys like JP who know what they're talking about. Come on, so we can have the shenanigans side of things. So check it out, please. It would be awesome. And, and then we you know, try to do our best, and we're going to have a lot of fun this year. We have some cool surprises up our sleeves. And, yes, Donnie Abraham will be back to being a weekly guest this yes. season again. So that's going to be exciting. Loose cannons. Don't miss it. Thanks, partner. Appreciate it. Thank you, JP. Go Bucks. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to wrestle – Scott Reynolds in the room here, and we'll uh, talk some Buck football. So stay with us. We're brought to you by the G's Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Back in three. Stay with us. you got to ask Scott about um, right, this is for all you guys who don't want what he thinks of Dave Canales now that uh, his man crush is gone. Bay Area Modern Medical Center. <laughs> you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can oh. reduce fat. <laughs> And to your muscle is like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to ItalianoInsurance.com. Let's go! Right now! Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. Back to <laughs> Buccaneers training camp here, day two. Uh, thanks for joining us here for our second hour. Uh, Sean uh, Tucker is is 
talking to the media right now. So Scott Reynolds of the Pewter Report is over there covering that. So if he gets done, we'll gather him up and bring him in for a little chit-chat. But until then, we'll uh, hit some of the other things that are going on. Uh, Nick, I still can't hear you, so try to pop your, um, I'm working your on it. Uh, mic up if you can. It's all uh, the, the United States women's national team last night drew to the Netherlands a 1-1. Okay. And uh, pretty uh, pretty average first half for them as they fell down one nothing. They did not play with a, with a whole lot of uh, tenacity, but they came back in the second half and played really really well. Um, got the equalizer, got a go ahead goal by Alex Morgan, but that was disallowed for offsides. Good call, a little late feed on the goal, but she finished really really well. The other the younger players are having some issues uh, finishing their chances, but. Uh, Looks like the U.S. will probably move into the second round into the uh, knockout stage and, and try to win their third uh, consecutive World Cup. Um, I guess the big news in the baseball world, uh, Nick, are you are you on? Can I hear you? Can you hear me now? Nope, still not on. Try to uh, get it the way it was working earlier. <laughs> Put your mic. There's the, See if you can t- hit those two no. buttons on top that light up on top of the uh, audio board there. Um, not sure what's going on. I think something's wrong or your settings, board. you can check your settings as well. Yeah, let me check. That. Um, yeah, so the big news in the baseball world is the Otani deal is not going to be a deal. The Angels have said they are not going to trade Shohei Otani. And in fact, they went out and got uh, Giolito from the White Sox, uh, one of the best pitchers available. So there's one that goes off the board. Of course, the Rays are going to get, I guess, are in it on Lance Lynn, but not Giolito, which. Um, is somewhat disappointing. Uh, and hopefully the Rays are targeting some of the better hitters in baseball because right now another uh, terrible performance by the offense uh, yesterday is Alcantara, a complete game, first complete game by an opposing pitcher at Tropicana Field since 2018. Um, uh, so it's been a while. And this offense that the Rays are putting out there right now is just absolutely putrid. It looks like the end of last year. Um, And with Yandy Diaz not in the lineup, and he was not yesterday because of that groin pull, it's even worse. It's uh, absolutely anemic, completely anemic. And the the, the trade deadline is, what, four days away. So let's hope to God that Eric Neander can go out there and find somebody. Um, to to jolt some life into this offense, and, and you know, there's a couple guys at AAA that might be now? able to help as well. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see if they're if they could um, maybe come up and help this with a Ron Jonathan Aranda is a guy that certainly is mashing at AAA. We'd like to see him brought up, but you know, more than anything, Wander Franco has got to get going. Randio Rosarena has got to get going. These guys that were so good in the first half. Continue to struggle, um, you know. Going out of the certainly, Randy is doing a lot of uh, expanding outside the zone. Um, let me just work here a couple of days while Nick tries to figure that out. Can you hear me now? Him on. Does that work? Uh, da, 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 da. Keep working on it, Nick. Keep punching yeah. buttons until. Uh, until Sorry, guys. I'm punching everything here. Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties today. Sorry. We'll uh, we'll get it right here hopefully soon. Um, um, and we'll continue. Keep working on it, Nick. You'll, you'll, you'll put the you'll hit the right button. Up. We heard you earlier, so go back to yeah. doing what you were doing earlier. I'm doing earlier. If you can remember what you did. <laughs> All 
I tell you what, we'll take another break. We'll kind of work on this. Um, try to hit the uh, the button there to play the brakes and turn it, turn the volume up on the United States and we'll see if we can get it done. We'll be back on the other side. in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work, of business. Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms, and let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fans Dream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show, and we are pleased to welcome in Mike DeCourcy, who's uh, been working on a great project uh, on a Mount Rushmore for all the sports cities, and uh, welcome in, Mike. How are you? I am doing very well, J.P. How are you? Uh, we're having some technical difficulties today, but we're, we're you know, we're going to try to bump through it. I, I can hear you, and you can hear me, and they can hear us, so we'll, we'll plow right through with it. Uh, great 
uh, great to have you on here. And I was I was reading the article, and I've kind of been going over this in Mount Rushmore of, of just Buccaneer players, but you're doing the whole cities, right. the whole city, and and all the teams. So, which makes it much harder for me because I've been in this market for 27 years. And I've developed some great relationships with all of these guys. So, if I can't, if I don't put one of them on there, I'm going to feel like crap. So, <laughs> um, so tell me, tell me your Mount Rushmore for Tampa Bay and why you uh, came to that conclusion. Okay, so this project began last summer uh, with us doing the Mount Rushmore for every city that had. For at least I think 20 years, a team in all four of the established uh, major league sports. Obviously, MLS and NWSL, WNBA have become uh, established since, but the, the really long term, NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB. Yeah. And so last year we did New York, LA, Philly, etc. Uh, and all the all the teams are chosen by a panel of sporting news staffers. Not not any one person, not just me, not the author of the piece of, for that particular city, but every team, every city had a panel of six to eight people that did the selections. And this year, I, I argued very hard to go on and, and do the three team cities uh, because I thought there were some really fascinating ones. And Tampa, uh, interestingly, I, I I found it very interesting in doing the piece um, how much how far. The city has grown, yeah. and and the and you know, whether or not major league sports are an are an agent of that or a product of that, I think you can debate. But I do think that there's a relationship between the two. When I came down to that area to Bradenton for my first visit to the, the region in 1982, the Bucks were six years old, right. uh, and there were no other teams. There was just spring training uh, and the Bucks. And now, of course, you have three terrific teams in the city, uh, in the region, and, it, and it's been a wonderful sports city. And, and the four that were selected by our panel, two Bucks and two Lightning players, it was hard to leave out the Rays, but you had so many good candidates from the Bucks, and we chose Leroy Selman and Derek Brooks. Yeah. And then from the three-time Stanley Cup champion Lightning, we have Martin San Luis and Steven Stamkos. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you could guess that Warren Sapp uh, was very close. Vincent LeCavier was very close. Evan Longoria was very close as the probably the best of all yeah. of the Rays. Uh, but it was it was a very interesting debate, uh, and 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 it's a very strong representation for a city that's had big league sports uh, for only about forty forty five years. Yeah, I think as I looked at it, and I'd say two Lightning players and no Rays players, I, I get it because how do you leave off a two-time Stanley Cup champion in, in Steven Stamkos, who in all 60-goal scorer, um, in all the hardware that he's put up, and you know Evan Longoria, great player, but you know they got him got him to the World Series but didn't win it. So an American League pennant, okay, but it just doesn't it just doesn't two championships, two Stanley Cups. Is going to trump that every time. So even though you don't have a Ray, and I don't think there's any other that, that would even come close to be deserving, I think you got the right ones. And as far as the Lightning players, I think you nailed it with Stamkos and Marty St. Louis. Even though, you know, Vinny was a huge part of it, and, uh, and, and you know, Dave Andrzejczyk, who was a Hall of Famer, but wasn't, you know, didn't play his uh, full career or even most of his career in Tampa Bay, 
And Marty was the heart and soul of that team. And he was the guy that scored a lot of those big goals and the, the one to keep him alive in game six in Calgary. I was there for that one. And, and then uh, just the way he led this team. And what I love about Marty, I, I kind of, you, you talk about development of the city. Marty, I think his story is, is symbolic of how this city has come along. You know, it's, it was kind of a sleepy, nondescript city on the West coast of Tampa, kind of a, you know, kind of little rednecky trying to be a big city. And, uh, you know, that's kind of Marty's Marty, not a redneck, but Marty was a very undrafted guy. Nobody saw him coming and he just kind of exploded on the scene with a lot of hard work. And I think, you know, Tampa, I think very much is still a blue collar town. It's a blue. We, we love our hardworking guys. You know, Mike Allstott is a big favorite here. Rondé Barber is a huge favorite. He's going into, you know, these guys are just renowned for their work ethic and, and getting so much out of their, their athletic ability. So, I think Marty was a perfect choice as well. And, of course, the two, the two football guys are inarguable. Uh, Leroy uh, being the first pick of the draft and the first pick of the Buccaneers, uh, Hall of Fame human being, and one of the greatest players to ever do it. Uh, and Derek, you know, I've, I've covered Derek since he was in high school, and I've watched him win a national championship at Florida State and then bring those leadership skills to Tampa and obviously a Hall of Famer, so unquestioned. So I, as a guy who's worked here 27 years, I say bravo to your panel. You nailed it. You know, I, I, one of the things that was interesting to me, compelling to me, about the two bucks that we chose was, well, first of all, Derek, uh, a, a lifelong Floridian, as I, as I said in the piece, every home game, every home football game he ever played was played in the state of Florida. That's right. That, that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get something like that? And then for both of them to say, this is my home, uh, obviously, we lost Leroy much too soon, wow. uh, heartbreaking. And yeah. uh, but he, he left such a mark on the on the region uh, from from the what what's going on at USF with their football program that doesn't exist without Leroy. You know the highway that runs through town with his name on it. Uh, he left he left a great legacy, and obviously the 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 Bucks' success over the years, the two Super Bowl championships. Uh, are built on on the foundation that he helped establish, yep. and then Derek, uh, a, like I said, a guy who was from the state, uh, from but not from the Tampa area, who has made his home in that in that region and continues to be a true, uh, you know, a, a true resident of that area and a real champion of that area. Done so many great things for charity. Former Walter Payton NFL yep. Man of the Year. Uh, probably would win it again if you could give that to some retired yes, people absolutely. because he's still at it. Yeah, the Brooks Bunch. You know, when he was playing, we used to um, our, our our local TV station, Channel Eight, and and uh, a photographer, brilliant photographer, I worked with for many years, Bob Hansen, would go on these Brooks uh, trips. Brooks, what do you call it? Uh, Brooks Bunch, and he took you know he'd take thirty kids to South Africa. Uh, he'd take them out to um, the western part of the United States. It was all merit-based, right? You had to get the grades. You had to do everything. And it was, it was such a great uh, example of what Derek was all about. And, and very, he, now he has a school with his name right. on it, the Brooks DeBartolo School here. So, yeah, his impact c- continues to linger, as does Leroy's. It's very well said, said by you. I, you know, it's interesting. Was there any talk of Tom Brady being on this just because – he is who he is, right? He is Tom he Brady. Super he Bowl did. here. Yeah, you don't win the Super. We did. His name did come up in the conversation. There's no doubt about that. But 
it, 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 it's hard to, to, to if, if you had a weaker city, yeah. Uh, then the fact that he came in and, and boom, put the Lombardi trophy on your shelf. Okay. If you had a weaker city, if the lightning weren't the lightning with five, right. with three Stanley cups, if the rays weren't the, the, uh, the, the model and MLB franchise that they are, mm-hmm. I think he could have made it in a lot of cities. Uh, LeBron James was in the discussion, uh, in, you know, in Miami, I'm, I don't remember if he made it or not. I can't remember who the Miami team was. He was in that. I know he was in that discussion because he came in and took them to four finals and won two titles. Uh, so that I think it, it in a city where you don't have that kind of success, yeah, he he's at least he's got a real strong case because he got you a title. Uh, but uh, I, I think that. I, 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 in doing the piece, I was really fascinated by Tampa's growth and 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 the and the success of the consistent success of the of the three franchises there, uh, especially when it when it all started out so desperately with uh, twenty six consecutive losses. Uh, I, yeah. I wrote that uh, the Bucks may have been the literal worst expansion franchise in any. Major American sport, yes, but they've more than they've more than compensated the area for that. Well, what do they say? First impressions are are not the most accurate, but usually the most lasting. So <laughs> I, I wonder if if that is still part of the Tampa Bay legacy from a national standpoint. You're a national writer at the Sporting News, Mike DeCourcy, joining us here. Is is that still a stain on the no, Buccaneers? No, no. It's, it's far gone, right? Yeah, I think there's still that. I think, like I said, I think it's like the Mets. People still joke about the 62 Mets. Right. I think the fact that, honestly, I think the fact that the 62 Mets existed has been great for the, for the 76 bucks. Uh, because that, that, that that 62 Mets thing becomes like the go-to for if you want to compare somebody, uh, to a bad team or a bad expansion team. They, they, they sort of set the standard and, and it, and and no one needs to supplant them. Uh, so no, I, I don't. I I think people still kind of chuckle at the creamsicle uniforms and all of that. Yes. But no, I mean the Bucks have erased that you, with the with the grand success of the late '90s and then the Super Bowl title in 2002 yeah. and then and then the revival uh, with Brady at QB. I, I don't think that that is part of really who they're identified to be. Mike DeCourcy joining us here for the Sporting News. It's interesting because I grew up on the East Coast in, in the Hollywood area, so South Florida. And as I was growing up, you know, the 1972 Miami Dolphins were in the Dolphins were the perfect season. You know, I could still name everybody on the roster, name, name and number. Um, but so I always looked at the Bucks, and we looked at them as like, oh, the yucks, the cream signals, like they're terrible. <laughs> but people forget just in what year three, they went to the NFC Championship yeah. game in those same cream sickles. And I always thought, why does people? Why do people still talk about that more than the O and twenty six? Is just, I think it was because Johnny Carson made jokes about the Bucks. That was, I think, it was the first time Tampa Bay ever made it, it, any national news at all when Johnny Carson was joking about the yucks. So I, I think it's part of it. I, I wanted to dig in just a little bit on something that you said about the growth of cities following success of their football teams or major sports. And just anecdotally, I moved here in 97 and i think tampa was a very still a very you know kind of second tier city and when the bucks took off and and tampa started hosting super bowls as well it seemed to completely transform the city of tampa and the region of tampa bay 
And I would even say this Champa Bay run, as we call it, with the the Super like Bowl that. and the two Super and the two. You haven't heard that yet, Champa. I had not heard that. I would have yeah. had it in the article if I'd have heard that. I should I should have written it and claimed it as my own, right? Because it's a perfect line. <laughs> yeah, it's so this Champa Bay run that we had with the with the World Series. I think we're the only city to have gone to a World Series, win a Stanley Cup, and a Super Bowl championship in the same year. You could you could check me on that, but I think we are. And and that has even, you know, along with some politics involved here of, of people moving to Florida anyway, I mean, Tampa Bay is exploding. I mean, yes. it is, I think it's the second largest, second fastest growing region, if not the number one region. And I think I think it's very much has to do with with sports. And I saw it after the ninth, you know, the, the first Super Bowl run, uh, real estate and everything exploded in Tampa Bay following 2002. And we're seeing it again. So I just I know it's anecdotal evidence, but. I'm living here and I see it. And I think it's very, I think there's definitely a connection. Would you agree? You know, I, I, think, I think there is. I do think the presence of major league sports is a growth agent. I, I, I really do. It's, it, you have to have some population base uh, in order to sustain a, a, a team. Yeah. But I, I do think that uh, the idea that, hey, that place could grow and so let's put a team there and then help it grow. I think that happens without a doubt. I think we're seeing it in Vegas now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, obviously the, the Raiders have moved there. Uh, the Knights were placed there as an expansion franchise. And the, and the it's likely, I think, probable that the A's will be there in a little while. Uh, and so we're seeing that. And and I think that that's, that's sort of an investment in – what's already there, but also, Hey, it's going to get bigger. There's room to grow. Uh, there's, there's reason to grow and we can be a part of that. So I think without a doubt, and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Pittsburgh native and I grew up in the seventies when mm -hmm. the entire steel industry, including the, the, uh, the, the, the plant where my father worked, um, really collapsed. Uh, the, the whole thing imploded. And I, I believe that having this, the Steelers and the pirates and, the Penguins helped keep the city afloat in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, you needed other industry to supplant what was lost from the steel industry. But I do think that having having the, the, those three teams and having the appeal of those three teams helped keep uh, people invested in being there and wanting to be there and and ultimately to recovering through health care, uh, education and technology. Interesting stuff, Mike DeCorsi from the Sporting News. Uh, before I let you go, what were the what were the toughest debates um, in, in cities? Where do you remember some of the the toughest ones? Yeah, it, New York was just impossible. I mean, yeah. it, it, it was restricted to four, uh, and New York was basically impossible. They, we wound up with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor, uh, and and Walt Frazier, and it. So you're leaving off Willis Reed. You're leaving off. Uh, uh, you're leaving off Jackie Robinson, for goodness sakes. Uh, you're leaving off Willie Mays uh, as a New York yeah. Giant. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it, was, it was impossible. Uh, and, and, and so that was by far the most difficult of all. Uh, L.A. was interesting because we wound up with three Lakers. Uh, and, and that made it very difficult because it excluded anything NHL, Gretzky or anybody. It excluded... Uh, the NFL teams that have been there and gone and come back yeah, and all yeah. that, uh, and and it, and in the end, though, I think I think that having Kareem 
and Kobe uh, and uh, Magic yes. on there. Right. Uh, I think it. The I think it made sense because if you spend time and and Stanley Kofax was the fourth. Okay. Um, if you spend time in L.A., you get that. Hey, they love the Dodgers. They love going yeah. to Chavez Ravine. They love it, and they've they've embraced the Rams again and all of that. But they live for the Lakers. That city yeah. absolutely is. It's it's absolutely overwhelmingly a Lakers town. So I think in the end that made sense. And it, you know, in Showtime, I love. I think the cities should match their teams. Right, the character of your team should match your your team. Right, and and no better example than that than the Showtime Lakers. Right, I mean that was right. the perfect match. You know, I kind of like that with Tampa Bay, like the first Super Bowl team, it was built on defense and toughness and nasty, right? That was, and that's kind of, you know, that's that blue collar, um, blue collar city that we are. So maybe you can do a story on that, how the best teams, the most beloved teams match the culture of the city and the Absolutely. character of the city. I think that would be fun to do because I, I think that's, those, those are the teams that become most beloved. Because I think, you know, in, in Tampa Bay, you know, the Brady, it, thing was unbelievable it was fantastic it was you know as COVID hit it, what could you hope for more it just brought us through it so spectacularly but that 2002 team I think there's more of a bond you know for right. the real people of Tampa I think that's that was kind of our first championship it was our first you know big time uh, movement and I and that team it just embodied it the, all the guys on that team so it's it's always interesting to see how that all plays out but Mike, tell everybody how they can get the articles and check out all the different cities. Yeah, you can find it at sportingnews.com. Uh, no the, just sportingnews.com. You can find all the articles in this series, as well as uh, on my Twitter, at TSN Mike. I'll reshare it again uh, when, when, we, it. when we finish so that, uh, so that those who've been listening can find it easily. Uh, it, it, it was a real pleasure to do it, uh, talking to T.J. Reeves, yeah. And Ira Kaufman, uh, the, the, the two great journalists, uh, and, and uh, Catherine Smith was 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 really a pleasure. And, and speaking with you about it today has been an, an absolute treat. Well, I appreciate that. Three great names right there. They've been uh, colleagues of mine for a long, long time. Terrific people, and uh, you, you nailed it. You guys absolutely nailed it. Which doesn't always happen from a national perspective. My, that's I always have issues with when I hear the national people talk about any of our sports. You, you roll the eyes. But you guys, you guys did your homework and you nailed it. So well done. Look forward to everybody reading it. It was a tremendous read. Great job, Mike. Thanks. Thank you, JP. Appreciate it. Uh, Mike DeCorsi right there. So go check that out. We'll retweet it for everybody there as well. Um, all right. Uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties that we have had today. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We've got, we will be out at the USF uh, football fundraiser out there so we will uh we will be there hopefully we'll have coach alex on with us and we'll chat some usf football so we're going to cut it a little early here today we hope you guys have a great day and we will see you tomorrow